Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Today we are so blessed to have among us three really wonderful Catholic teenagers. We want to talk today about why am I Catholic? So I've invited um, Idanya from New Albany High School. Welcome, Idanya. Hello, thank you. And Maddie, also from New Hi. Albany High School. Hi, Maddie. And also Blair from New Hi, Albany thank High School. You, Katie. Hey there. Thanks for being here. I've invited them to come and share with us why are you Catholic? Why have you chosen the faith you've chosen? Um, and I think this is an important to talk about, an important topic to talk about, important for our listeners who might be parents of Catholic kids to hear about, because a lot of kids your age, a lot of teenagers are sort of at this crossroads, like where they're trying to decide if our faith is the faith that they want to continue to live. Um, so I guess my first question for you is, is there, has there been any point in your life where you've been given the choice as to whether or not you wanted to be Catholic. Yes. Yes. For me, yeah. Um, it was actually for my confirmation. Okay. At first, I did not want to go, and my mom was kind of forcing me to go. But then she finally gave in and was like, okay, you can decide whether you want to go or not. But in the end, I decided that I did want to go, and I think it was a really good decision because now I'm even stronger in my faith, and I love it. Awesome. And I want to talk more in a minute about what happened. Like yes. what happened? What made you decide that, okay, actually, I do want to do this. Mm -hmm. So hang on to that. Maddie, did, did you get to make the decision? Yes. Well, not for confirmation, okay. but it was more just like I knew I had to do it because my whole family had been confirmed. But what confirmation brought was um, my decision to join programs such as Bible study, cross-training, peer ministry, and other programs like that, and becoming more involved. So that has been my own choice. So for you, it was more, uh, more of a, I'm going to be Catholic because that's what we do in my family. Yeah, exactly. But you actually just made the decision to go more deeply into your Catholic yes, faith. Yes, that's correct. And live it more fully. Mm -hmm. Okay, what about you, yeah, Blair? Confirmation was the choice that I, I could make. Um, most of my faith life has always been my choice um, to remain and stay in the Catholic Church. Okay, so let's talk about confirmation then, because this seems to be sort of a, it, definitely a turning point for all of you. What, what did you learn, or what, did you, what was appealing to you, or what was the experience that made you stay? I realized I was most at peace when I was around people in the church and like confirmation small group, and I loved just sharing views and beliefs and like growing and then being told teachings of our faith and just learning more about God and realizing that you need him in your life or you're not going to make it through this cold life that can be really brutal sometimes. Maddie, you bring up a really interesting point and a really important point because I mean, how many of us know people who say, I don't have to go to church. I can just pray mm -hmm. in my room sure. or whatever. But one of the turning points for you, Maddie, was that community. Like Sorry, surrounding yes. yourself, yeah, which is such an important element of church. I think it's like one of the most important. Yeah. Absolutely. The first um, time I remember going to the first confirmation class I went to, I, it was before we did really anything 
that would pertain to the church or learning about the church. And I had been away from the church. I didn't grow up uh, extremely religious, but I saw this light and this happiness in the people that were there. And I just felt this welcoming. And at first I was like, why are these people being so nice to me? You know, because were you suspicious? I was a little suspicious. <laughs> exactly. As suspicious is the right word for that. But, um, you know, I just knew that they were filled with the light of the Holy Spirit. That's what I came to know um, later in my faith journey. And but it was such a relieving feeling that they didn't know anything about me. They didn't know who I was. But this charity and this kindness that they had was unbelievable and it was contagious and it was something I wanted to participate in. And so that's what really brought me um, into the church the most. What about you, Adanya? Was there a specific, was there something specific you remember about your confirmation experience or? I think definitely the community for sure, like Maddie said. And um, just seeing all the loving people made me want to be more like them. And I definitely like took them like as a role model. Um, and I wanted to be more like them, and I think that's why I grew in my faith. Yeah, suddenly you see, okay, this is not a restriction, not not just an obligation. Like, this can be joyful. This can be fun. This can be interesting. This can be relevant to my life. This, Yeah, that that's great. I'm obviously that thrills me to hear you guys <laughs> say that have you ever gone to other churches or youth groups or christian camps explored other christian experiences yeah i actually i had a more in middle school i had a best friend that went to just a denominational church yeah, non-denominational, non-denominational yeah. yeah and um i realized it was yeah they worshiped god and stuff but I didn't really get a sense of his presence as much, if that makes sense. That I mean, makes perfect sense. Did you know at the time why you were feeling that? No, not really. But I was just like, it didn't feel like church. Okay. I just, I know when I go to mass, like our Catholic mass and stuff, um, I feel his presence. I feel like he's there and I can talk to him. But when I went to the other churches, it was just distant. Okay. It, that's just how I felt. And I didn't like how there are certain things, for example, um, they had communion. Well, not exactly communion. I know they they don't believe that it's the actual blood and um, body of Christ, but it wasn't as respected and it wasn't as glorified. Okay, which bothered me too. What about you, Adanya? Have you experienced other Christian worship or Christian faith? I have not. No, I've grown up Catholic, but I mean, I have gone to different Catholic churches, Catholic masses, and um, I'm, I went to a Hispanic mass which I really like, um, but... But it's all been the same. Yeah. It's all been Catholicism, mm-hmm. yeah. What about you, Blair? No, I haven't. I haven't experienced any other religion. I've experienced lack of religion, but I've never um, experienced anything else but Catholicism. Well, that's a, let's talk about that. That's a really good uh, perspective to interject into this conversation. So mm-hmm. what's the difference? Well, I think um, the relationships and the people and everything... Um, that it surrounds the faith of Christ and faith in Catholicism is so much more than the communities that are based just on like interests and something else or something secular. And I know that sounds, you know, biased, but it is because it's the truth. I honestly feel like with this faith and the foundation of our church and the community in our parishes is second to none when it comes to any other community that can be made. And the reason I want you to wanted you to expand on that is because I think for a lot of teenagers who are choosing, quote, unquote, whether or not to be Catholic, 
maybe what they're choosing between is Catholic or nothing. Yeah. Rather than Catholic or Christian or I mm-hmm. mean and there I mean it's all over the spectrum, but Catholic or nothing is a big one. Absolutely. Do, do you see that among your peers? Mm-hmm. So what's the appeal to nothing? <laughs> like why would somebody be drawn to nothing, to no faith? I think maybe they think freedom, but not not necessarily, like I don't think it's necessarily freedom because you would think it should give you happiness, but mm-hmm. having nothing in this freedom, it it's, doesn't give that sense of happiness or joy in your life. I think they feel that maybe the faith, um, Catholic faith, restricts. Okay. When actually, I think, allows you to enjoy life more and gives you a different type of freedom, a better freedom, more positive. I always use that analogy, like, here's the path that the church has defined for us, and we can follow it. And it's awesome. It's not going to be easy, but it leads directly to where we're trying to go, right? Mm-hmm. Or we can take, we can step off the path, which we call freedom. Mm-hmm. I'm free to step off the path, but then eventually you have to get back on the path, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. it's hard. It just it's harder to get off the path and back on than it is to just stay on the path. And why? Um, which is really telling. And obviously, um, what I'm going to say is most people don't under- know this, but. Um, a shepherd, um, I was listening to Catholic radio about a month ago and I heard someone giving the example of, um, there, it was no accident that God chose sheep as one of his main, um, symbolisms for animals. It's because a, a shepherd was explaining on Catholic radio that you could have an open fence and a perfectly straight path for the sheep to walk through and they would completely figure out how to not go through <laughs> the wide open gate and the completely straight path. And it's telling, it's the exact same it's relationship we, we have. Yeah. With our shepherd, which is our Father in heaven. What brings you back to Mass every week? I think our pastor and um, our community, really. I mean, I see the people um, that I really enjoy, the, the friendships I've made, and the, the great homilies that we're, we've, are fortunate to have at Church of the Resurrection with Father Jim Caesar. Give him a quick shout-out on Catholic Radio. <laughs> um, but really just the, the people and the community. And also, it makes you feel whole. It's the perfect way to start your week. Really, I mean, I've heard the example, and I completely agree with it, that missing Mass, you almost feel like it's like you're trying to start a day without brushing your teeth. You know, you can kind of feel it. You kind of feel something's a little off. Mm-hmm. And I feel like having a week without Mass is almost the same thing. Okay. What about you, Maddie or Adanya? What, what brings you back to Mass every for, week? For me, I think it's, right now, the desire to grow closer to God, because I actually didn't go to Mass very often. And now that I'm starting to, um, I, I know I have this like feeling of this is the way to become closer. This is the way that I can have that strong relationship, because I know I still, well, everyone I know has some way to go to like fully have that relationship. And I, and I, I'm thinking back to what you said, Maddie, about how when you went to another Christian church, it just seemed i can't remember the word you use like you didn't say empty but the presence maybe yeah the presence was not there right and it's because the eucharist wasn't there you talked about mm-hmm. communion being like it was le- just less casual it was <laughs> just more casual yeah 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 it didn't and that just bothered me and i think when when we take the time to understand well we'll never understand christ truly present in the eucharist it's beyond our human capability to understand it the how of it. But when we take the time to understand why, you know, why would Christ be present to us in the Eucharist? Why would he 
oh, it's because he loves us. <laughs> Pure and simple. It's because he loves us and he wants us to have access to him, you know. So when we go to a church where that isn't happening, where we are not, we don't have that access to our Lord, and we've spent our lives having access to our Lord, whether we've done so consciously or not, we recognize, like, well, Jesus just yeah. isn't here in the same way. And having that lack of presence can also, like, affect the people in the, of that church. Um, I actually went to another church, a Mormon church, and um, what I saw, well, it was more of a dance, but still, the people there, they weren't as welcoming, and it was, they, it could have been maybe because I'm Catholic, I don't know if they knew that, but they just didn't have the light and joy that you see in people hmm. part of a Catholic church. And that was really interesting to see just made me think how lucky I am to be in the Catholic faith. Yeah. If you're just joining us, you're listening to raising saints on AM 820 St. Gabriel Catholic radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. We're here today with Idanya, Maddie and Blair, and they're explaining to us why they are Catholic, which is one of my favorite topics. Um, so what or who has been most influential in your growth as a Catholic? I think the same person uh, who hosts Raising Saints on St. <laughs> <Saint> Gabriel Radio. <laughs> Can you edit that out, Dave? <laughs> That's very nice, Blair. Thank you. Uh, full disclosure, I am Blair's youth minister at Church of the Resurrection. So. Okay, other than that, who, who or what has been most influential in your growth as a Catholic? I think the silence is just the biggest compliment we could give. <laughs> All right. What about so, parents? What no, about I think, peers? Um, our what peers, about- peers are the, for me, was the biggest thing because it was so easy to see adults. It, were, it was so accustomed to see uh, adults that were faithful, obviously a priest that was faithful. But, it, you know, it's way different to see someone at church that's your age that you see at school or that you see on the sporting field or you see on the court or something like that that also has this faith in their life. That's what drew me the closest. We have this program at Resurrection called the Peer Ministry program. Actually, all three of you, Idania, Maddie, and Blair, are, are peer ministers at Resurrection. And it's exactly that. It's exactly what you're talking about, Blair. Like, here are the kids I see at church in leadership capacities. And oh, hey, I also see them at school living their faith. Like, there's a there's a continuity. There's a connection. Mm-hmm. Except for in the rare case when you get a peer minister who isn't living their faith. No. And yeah. then yeah. it's confusing, right? And then, mm-hmm. it, that yeah. Um, yeah. What, Go ahead, Maddie. I was going to say, I've um, a specific peer who actually got me to sign up for peer ministry, which um, I'm very thankful for. But I'd also say my small group leaders during confirmation definitely made me want to continue um, growing. And if it wasn't for them, I don't think I would become as involved because I look up to them so much. And it's nice still seeing them, too, and just um, the fact that they show their care for us as really made me want to be like them. I see them as like saints almost. Yeah. So hopefully that's it. Adanya, did you want to add something? Sorry. No, I completely agree with that. Yeah. So hopefully that's encouraging for parents because we don't have to do it by ourselves. We don't have to (laughs) raise our Catholic kids all by ourselves. We, there is such a community. Now we have to seek it out. We have to commit to it. We have to get our kids there, but there's such a community of people who, want our kids i asked our peer ministers the other day you guys weren't there you were there blair why do you care like why are you here well we want to help the kids grow in their faith why do you care and they all had to really think about it but the bottom line is they care about christ they care about his church and so they want other people to do the same 
And there's a whole network of people who, I mean, nobody gets into ministry for the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. It's for love of our Lord and his, and and, his church. So. And Katie, you talked about how um, Catholic families shouldn't do it, uh, should find community. I would suggest that they shouldn't do it by themselves. They should really. They shouldn't be islands. We can't have Catholic families that are islands that are only evangelizing just their kids, which is that's great and that's the mission of parents. But we need, if you have good Catholic kids, to send them out in the world, get them involved with as many things, so we can get as many kids as we possibly can, seeing the light of Christ, and getting them involved in the community will only strengthen them at their church. Yeah, and that's always a hard one, like because we would, wouldn't you love to just put yourself on a Catholic island and just hang around with Catholics all mm-hmm. the time? Yeah, that's not what we're called to do. Really, I mean, we're called to find strong Catholic community and strengthen ourselves in that regard. But then we we're supposed to go out into yeah, I mean, the world. We're yeah. not we're not a haven for the saints. We're a hospital for the sinners. And I think for every Catholic family raising their kids, that needs to be the focus. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some of the reasons people leave the church. You know, you all got to make the decision to confirm your faith and be Catholic. What are some of the reasons that people, if they come to that crossroads, decide this isn't for me? I actually have a specific example. Um, my grandma, she actually, um, she was raised Catholic, but she decided she's no longer Catholic. And it actually had to do with, um, she went to a school where there were nuns who weren't the nicest. And I know a lot of people take um, such as those like stories and stuff, and they think of that and think, oh, I'm not going to join that joined the Catholic faith because of that and also it could have happened to them and it's that's not those I say like I don't want to talk bad about nuns but I this is a common um thought that yeah nuns were known as violent and I actually know a song that has talks about like how (laughs) nun was violent to them that's terrible but and I think it's sad that people think that's the only thing about the Catholic faith that we're like strict like they just have strict leaders and that they're well, and some people have left because they've been hurt mm-hmm. by people in authority in the church, hurt mm-hmm. profoundly. I mean, Absolutely. this is no secret. So, I mean, those, I mean, I can't even comment on that. I can't even judge that, you know. Um, so uh, other than that, what are some other reasons you think people have decided not to continue to be Catholic or to leave the church. I think a factor could be that they don't have enough time or they feel like they can't commit to coming. Um, Or it could be that they feel like they're not worthy enough to be in there. They probably committed a sin and they don't think that they should be there. They can't let... should be the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, right. I think right now, popular culture and the Catholic Church are so at odds with morality and what is right or wrong that really it's becoming a choice. But it's a very, very important choice that you can either join this culture that is all self-consuming, all self-promoting, and really is you can see the product of what's happening is it's not working, or you can join the 2,000-year-old tradition established by Christ, which is promoting good in the world in all capacity that we possibly can. Well, let's so let's stay on that thought for a second, Blair, because y- you guys surely face the same kinds of questions and difficult scenarios and moral decisions and friends who are struggling with different issues. So what what keeps you why don't you have the same issues with the church? Like what what's different about your understanding of the faith that 
I think uh, really what it comes down to is we're having arguments now with our popular culture. We're arguing over um, words and phrases that we don't even have the same definitions on. And how do you have an argument when you don't even have the same definition? And take, for example, what love is. I mean, how can you have an argument of what is true love when both sides are promoting a different definition? It's apples to oranges. And so that's for me as I understand I think I've taught myself what I believe is the true definition of these things and what the church is teaching is the true definition. And once you have that foundation, that's easier to apply rather than it's very hard to use the popular culture's definition of something and then try to apply that with the church. So, Blair, you've done the hard work of of informing yourself, researching, mm-hmm. understanding, and that's what it takes. That's what it takes. If If I ever have an issue with what the church is teaching about something, Inevitably, what really is the problem is that I don't understand what the church is Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you keep listening to AMH 20, thank you for Catholic Radio. <laughs> You'll get it all figured Absolutely. out. Absolutely. So there are a lot of people who are many people, some people, I don't know what the percentage is, who disagree with some of the teachings of the church or who flat out reject some mm-hmm. of the teachings of the church, but then still call themselves Catholics. Often they're called cafeteria Catholics. That's yeah. a kind of going and picking from the buffet. Um, so I want to play a clip that addresses this. This is from a Young Catholic Minute. Let's listen to this. When we ask, can I disagree with the teachings of the church and still be Catholic? What we're really asking is, can I not be Catholic and still be Catholic? Think about it. As Catholics, we believe that all the teachings of the church come from God himself and are unchanging. So if we try to pick and choose which church teachings to believe, what we're basically saying is, I know Jesus is God, but I think he was wrong about a couple of things. Let's fix them. What? If you have questions, or you're confused, or you don't quite understand something, it's not the same as disagreeing with the church. So don't be afraid to ask your questions, because the church has all the answers, and she got them from God himself. Okay, again, that was a clip from Young Catholic Minute on... um disagreeing with the church and whether or not we can do that as Catholics. So I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that clip we just heard? I think it's too common, that same perspective that they were talking about of uh, choosing certain things that you believe in and then also um, disagreeing with certain things and agreeing with certain things. And I think it's sad. And I think really what it does is it dilutes the faith and it, it gives people a false perception through you what they think Catholic is. And I know um, it's been spoken about to death, but in this election, I can think of a certain person that represent that talks about the Catholic faith a lot that's running for an office that um, really would not is choosing things that fit their political agenda that aren't necessarily at all what the Catholic social teaching. Someone say. who professes to be a Catholic, you mean? Per- yes. Yes. Well, uh, let me ask this. Do, okay, so in this clip, we can't disagree with the church and still call ourselves Catholic. But does the church want us to just be? just follow teachings blindly? Like, is that what the church is saying? Like, this is what we believe, so... Um, I actually, on this, my small group leader, um, she had said that when you don't understand something, you have to continue researching. You have to continue looking in the Bible and looking for um, God's Word. And what that gives you is, um, it shows, like, your willingness to try to understand God's Word. And... I think it's okay that if you don't understand something, but you have to continue constantly to try to understand it. And you may never reach that point, but you have to just keep on striving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And and we have to take for me, I take a lot of comfort in a two thousand year old Absolutely. institution of people who are way holier than I mm-hmm. am and way more prayerful and who listen to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I mean more our, than I do. Yeah. Our Catholic faith and our beliefs and what we teach did not fall out of the sky. It was divine revelation that has been practiced and learned and studied for 2,000 years or, or even more than that mm-hmm. with some of the prophecies in the Old Testament. So there's nothing that the Catholic Church is going to say that's totally out of right field that is just that Pope Francis woke up and said, this is right now. Um, that is not the way that apostolic authority has worked, the succession of St. Peter or at all how our God in heaven works. All, much to the dismay of some people who much. are waiting for Pope Francis to change things. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, but people... You know, they want the answer that's comfortable with them, but the Catholic Church gives the answer that will bring you the most good, always, um, consistently for 2,000 years. That's the goal, and that's the teaching of Christ. That's why we have the succession of St. Peter and from apostolic authority from our Savior Jesus is because we, what we say in the Church is infallible, what the Pope says in official statements, so that we can have the most good in our lives. I think that's a good note for us to pick up there with some prayer to close out. So, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Lord, we just give you thanks for our faith. We give you thanks for the fullness and the wholeness and the truth. Lord, we give you thanks for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We give you thanks for the um, leaders in our church who help us understand your will and your word and your law. And Lord, we just ask that you guide us as we seek to apply those truths to our lives. We ask that you guide us when we have doubt, when we are discouraged, when we feel frustrated, when we don't understand. Lord, we just ask that you illuminate our hearts and help us to continue to strive for truth. And we ask all of this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. We were joined today by Idanya and Maddie and Blair, who I want to thank so much for being here, for sharing just some deep and personal thoughts about your Catholic faith, why you're Catholic. Uh, Listeners, I hope this is encouraging for you. I hope that if you are raising Catholic teenagers, you have some new perspectives, some new conversation points to, um, to share with your own kids. And until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com.